Hello and welcome to episode two of Deep Dive, where I'll be taking a closer look at queer life in Northern Ireland. Today we are very privileged to be joined by two very special guests, two incredibly energised queer trailblazers, the duo behind Queertopia, a night dedicated to queer people of Belfast, full of queer performances and community celebration. We have with us, of course, the dazzling and delightful Dick Von Dyke. Hello. Hi there, darling. And the extraordinarily excellent um, Electra LeConte. Hello and welcome. Hello. Hi. Uh, thank you two for joining us today. Firstly, um, how are you doing? That's <laughs> I love loving these Miss Brona times. Lovely considering <laughs> the circumstances, I'm sure. Um, well, I hope you're keeping well. Um, so you two have obviously done a lot of work together over the years. Um, how did you meet each other exactly? We met. Other two, other two versions of the story, though. There's the the adult version, and then there's the bitter version, which is yours. Mine's is the bitter version. Um, Dam and I met firstly when I was in Maverick Bar when I first started out doing drag. Um, uh. (laughs) <laughs> judging um a competition uh like for the um it was the finale of season six yes um and yeah it was between it i think it was me and sassy were the only ones who were in drag so it was you between me and sassy but we were the only ones who were in drag that was the point <laughs> I do remember there was me and Sassy, and Sassy won. Um, and she's not better. I, I'm not better about it. Uh, Gemma absolutely hated me to start out with. Um, yeah, and then it's a very strong word. I didn't know you to look at you. But you know what, guys? I think that's the that's how you start every good friendship. You have to have a wee bit of indifference, don't you? Well, well I think the words with food. Of course. Yeah, the real friendship started um, like four years ago with with um, with food, uh, a shared uh, <laughs> shared. Sorry, that is not a word we use with food. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, we 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 went for lunch together with um, with Misty Falls um, back in April of twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. Um, and had beautiful steak sandwiches um, and a lovely liquid lunch. And yeah, that was kind of it. We kind of all talked to each other. Properly. I mean, we'd worked, we'd worked together in, in Sunday service for like, what, a year and a half before that. But I don't think we ever like properly had a conversation with each other. That didn't no, but I sit in DJ box having a nervous breakdown that the music was going to cut out. And you all were getting changed, so. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Well, um, but essentially, yeah, yeah, we went yeah. to lunch, we fell in love with um, our like little circle all over again um, in a new way. And um, I'd say uh, probably about a year on was when we kind of started to make shifts and changes in our paths mm-hmm. together, yeah. Very good. Um, so how did you come up with the idea of Queertopia exactly? Mm-hmm. Well, well, I yeah. I I left the bar first. Uh, did I leave the bar first? No. No, I, I, I left I, the bar I, first. 
Alexa left the bar. I left fairly shortly afterwards. Not not for each other, but just it was just the way the timing happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I just sort of felt like I needed to try something new and spread my wings a little bit. Of and course. we got talking and realized that actually, if you leave a bar, there is nowhere for you to perform, and mm-hmm. just felt kind of unfair. Um. And so we got really drunk in the Spaniard, was it? As you do. Very good location. Oh, no, no. Was it not Muriel's? It was Muriel's. (laughs) It was Mama Lesbian then, sort of. Brilliant. And then, yeah, we just decided we were going to just create this queer empire. (laughs) But, like, with no idea and no money to do it um and then uh ruth mccarthy from my first um has always been incredibly supportive of mm-hmm. me and my work mm-hmm. um i chatted to her about it and she had a meeting with the three of us and she was really excited to meet a drag queen like electra who had experience from the scene but also was willing to expand into more queer arts yes than commercial mm-hmm. um and you know, we realized that we kind of had a formula here where we were pitching a platform where a um, a female uh, or a queer woman. Um, well, I don't really know what I am anymore. <laughs> someone with tits. It's all right. Um, yeah, you can have your own. With tits and a drag queen were on an even platform, willing to mutually respect each other Fantastic. and raise each other up instead of compete and. Um, excited her and she helped support us get off the ground that's fantastic no actually got kicked in and she was really the Alexa has always been the um the mind behind the visual and the i hesitate to use the word marketing but the designs and the logos and she of course. With that sort of stuff brilliant so, yeah that's very good yeah and and um jeff von dyke has always been there to be the backbone in terms of the actual structure of how shows work and bookings. Um, so I think we kind of complemented each other in that way. Lovely. In that, um, it, yeah, it, 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 it works from that perspective of, of us being able to, to, to play to our strengths. Mm-hmm. And that's fantastic. That's what you want um, when you're working with somebody as well. It's like you really seem to complement each other in what you were going out to execute. And I think it is those, it's those times when you're out and maybe you're having a drink and you're having a bit of a laugh and you're trying to figure out what comes next. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's really did, he's really did good work in coming together to create Queertopia. Um, so can you tell us a bit more about Queertopia? Obviously here uh, on this podcast, we like to get pretty deep into uh, things. Um, but can you describe the atmosphere and the energy and maybe tell us about a memorable night and uh, specifically like what can we expect from Queertopia? Um yeah the, the thing for Queertopia with with um with us was we we always came out of came at it from a perspective of we will perform or we will do nights when um it's kind of necessary to do so we don't have structure or schedule i think the only kind of thing that we have scheduled into our year certainly now um our our birthday 
and um, the Outburst Queer Arts Festival. So those are kind of two events and, and Pride. Yes. Um, um, so those are kind of the, that's that's major events in our calendar that we do kind of like to put um, a lot of a lot of effort into. Our smaller basically the reason why we set up Queertopia was because we wanted to have a place beyond bars and clubs where people could go to to actually be um, listened to and heard. Um, you know, it, it's and this is this is nothing uh, uh, derogatory against anyone uh, because I, I I currently perform in Maverick um, uh, and it's it's not disparaging against um, of that. But if you have something to say with your performance, I think that it's um, it's it's nice to have uh, an audience who are who are there and receptive and wanting to listen to what you have to say. Of course. Um, so when we first started out, we wanted to be all encompassing. You know, we had big ideas for. Um, uh, we had a market stall at the back um, on our long queer artists to, to sell um, their 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 art. Very good. Um, uh, you know, we kind of wanted to to be a kind of more community project. Of course. Um, uh, and 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 the cabaret show kind of funds that as well. Yes. Um. I think the beauty of Queertopia is it will always kind of go to where it needs to be, whether that is um, creating a show about conversion therapy um, or doing drag story time. Of course. And maybe could you tell us, we, sorry, Jamma, you were going to say there. Mm-hmm. Well, I was just going to say, like, I was always, I think that was my one thing that I was very clear about. My, like, I mean, we have very little stipulations with each other. Obviously, we have boundaries, but um, my stipulation was that we didn't just put on shows because it had to be monthly. It had to be on a certain, do you know what I mean? Yes. Just to reiterate what Alexa said there, um, because, and that was to our de- that's to our detriment, because, mm-hmm. you know, if you do something monthly, like Pumi Hawk, Harlan and Puth, if you do those things on our structured basis that's how you build in normal circumstances your crowd of course and so what we did was we just literally were like here keep a wee out here and we'll stick something up whenever we're angry basically mm. um but we've been very lucky you know our we've been going for what two and a half two three years now three, three. years this wow first, yeah, our third birthday our third year very good and for the first two years we didn't have a single show that we didn't have to turn away people for and then the last year um obviously there's been new things opening and there's been loads of stuff happening um and we've been lucky enough that mm-hmm. we have sold out work on to near maximum capacity with the third year of our um shows and different events so I, we feel um, but that's not what it's about the only reason we want yes. to hit targets is because we needed to pay our rent for of course, course. Of course. we also pay the expenses so any performers that want to try something new out they get their expenses paid at the very least we offer to pay for props if they want them um the last show um i didn't drink so that i could drive people home to make sure that they got home safe. that's lovely um, you know, and, and that's really at the heart of it is a platform for people to express themselves. But actually, what we also really were lacking, I think, in, in Belfast was a sense of a true community that didn't have an agenda or, you know, it wasn't about selling t shirts or, mm-hmm. you know, anything else other than. 
creating that. That's so that's um, so important, isn't yeah. it? Like informing a community, just yeah. being there for your community oh. as well. And like you said, like you said, you're giving people lifts home. Um, the performers afterwards. That's just that's really going that extra mile. Um. And you've done and that's such. the atmosphere. Um, have you been to a Queertopia? I personally haven't been to a Queertopia, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, hopefully, I'll be able to get to your next one. Um, okay. But uh, I can't explain the atmosphere. You can't explain it. I think that's good. I think that's a great answer. Um, you know, a lot of these nights are very personal to what you experience yourself by going to it. Um, yeah. so you know, maybe we'll come back. Maybe we'll come back to that uh, in another episode yeah. and uh, whenever lockdown is over and we'll discuss uh, Queertopia again uh, after I have personally experienced it and I'm sure it's a fantastic experience. Um, for, for, for me, I, I always I always enjoy it because I always feel um, uh, starved beforehand and then filled up afterwards. Fantastic. Um, it kind of just like uh, reignites my, my energy again um, and my belief in in a better kind of future, as soppy as that sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Does but also, it, it sounds wild, okay? Um, but it, uh, I think it kind of comes into the responsibility thing as well. I think um, when you're when you're putting on shows um, where people are standing on stage and, and pouring their hearts out, you have a responsibility to look after them um, in whatever kind of way that we can. We're not offering like therapy, but even a small gesture is making sure that they get home safe um, means that, uh, and I know it's kind of a, a, a term that some people don't like um, to use, but it means that there is a safe space there. Of course, and if there's people looking out for you, I know um, that that's one of the most important things, just being able to feel safe and being able to feel like you're nearly around family. Isn't that what it's like too? Um, so um, Belfast City um, has a lot of history, obviously. Um, how do you think the scene itself, as some people like to call it, uh, has changed since your first experience of it? Um, what What is the scene of today like in comparison? Um, well, when I first came out, um, it was the Clothes Nest, 754 years ago. <laughs> My first experience of the scene was so. Well, I should probably like, even at thirty five, I'm thirty five now, and so I I I didn't come as well as twenty two, but mm-hmm. I always knew that I was other, but I did not know what that meant. Of course. Because growing up, we weren't even really exposed to lesbian, gay and bi, mm-hmm. until like um my late teens. I remember my friend, my best friend from school, Emma. She took me to the crow's nest. Yeah. Uh, and I was seventeen, and I literally walked in. And I'm like, "Oh, I'm home," and I and I I didn't know what that meant. I didn't have the language because we don't educate people. Yes. Um, so um, I didn't know what that was, but I instantly felt at home there. Can you tell us a wee bit but more about? And there was the Parliament and the old Kremlin, which was just incredible. Yes, I've it heard. Um, I've heard some legendary stories about the Parliament <laughs> building. Um, okay. Uh, but could you tell us a wee bit more about the Crow's Nest, maybe? So the Crow's Nest was where the Merchant Spa now is. Oh wow! Okay. Um, and it, I think it was the oldest bar in Belfast at the time. Mm-hmm. But you went in and. There was just this pink smeg bridge at the back of the bar. <laughs> but like it was, the only day it closed was Christmas Day. 
Wow. And I used to go to the Boxing Day and meet friends and, and he weren't like our family, you know? Lovely. It was a real, it was like the gay cheers is the only way I can describe that's, it. That's like, fantastic. You know, it, it was your regulars, um, same as the Parliament. Like he used to go and buy a bowl of stew and have a pint at lunchtime. <laughs> it, it was it was like another realm. It was like you went in in your jeans and your desert boots and that was okay. And you went in after a day at work in your numerals and that was okay. Um, and there was like a foosball table and there was busted drag and there was all different types of people just walking around. But without labels it was mm, that sounds that crazy. sounds absolutely incredible um oh my god but it was still dominated by men you know yes of course women have always had a place in our scene and it's just below that mm-hmm. so yeah um thank you so much for that uh that's so important i think just to just to pay a tribute to what what uh the scene used to be uh what about yourself electra um, I started going on the scene uh, when I was 19. Um, uh, God, yeah, uh, I, I, I remember Untouchable playing um, by Girls Aloud in the Kremlin and uh, it was a wonderful, beautiful, euphoric experience. Um, I think the first drag queen that I ever properly met was uh, Teddy Von Trump, um, who's... Uh, of course. A, a just drag legend in, in Belfast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and she, do you know what? She 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 uh, was an absolute sweetheart to me. Um, I always remember, uh, despite being you know Tiffy von fucking Trump. And she continues to be an absolute legend and a sweetheart as well. Um, yeah. Today, yeah. Uh, shout out to uh, Teddy. Um, but mm-hmm. you were saying there, sorry, continue. Uh, yeah, it was um, it was actually the the um, one of the first times I probably would have been out in drag, which would have been two thousand May two thousand and ten, uh, after the uh, Monster Ball when I went in a silicone dress and a telephone hat, um, <laughs> and then went to Monday Night Rain afterwards uh-huh. and won the Gaga with the light competition. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I, I walked around. Was I this the Monster Ball, sorry, was this the Monster Ball Terror? This, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the actual, like, Lady Gaga performance in Belfast? Yeah. yeah oh, wow. Yeah, all those years ago. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I was there too, but I was there with my first wife. Aww. Aww. Um, oh. Oh. Which, which time I went three times? Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I remember my I remember my sister going to that and just being absolutely blown away by that. I mean, like, oh, I'll never, it's I'll sad. Never it's sad that I mean the Joanna Tur. I mean, must uh, just sorry to get off topic here for a second. Mm-hmm. Joanna Tur that Lady Gaga did like she didn't even she didn't even have Belfast on the list, mm-hmm. but she did cancel um half the tour unfortunately because of her um because of her personal illnesses, uh but. Yeah, that sounds that sounds incredible. Yeah, the the the, the Married the Night performance at the at the EMAs was the last time she performed in Belfast, which I also got to see as well. <laughs> the EMAs, oh wow! Like yeah, I, she I performed I, on the moon. It's all coming back to me now. I can remember. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I can remember me and my sister like just going on talking a lot of um talking a lot of crap about uh, trying to sneak into to the is it the EMAs or the VMAs? 
This was the EMAs, the European Music Awards? Yes, I remember my sister and me talking loads, a load of crap about trying to sneak into it and all. And um, I don't know. I went and had to like audition to get tickets. Oh, wow. I had to like dance hungover. Um, and yeah, obviously when she came on, I was crying my eyes out. Oh, wow. That sounds incredible. <laughs> Stop laughing. <laughs> Um, so, uh, just kind of on what you were saying yourself there, um, I, I think we're all aware, um, that, uh, LGBT pride is very important, uh, for absolutely everyone, um, but, uh, I'll ask this every single episode I do of this podcast, uh, which is, um, uh, can't, uh, which I suppose I want to kind of illustrate the importance of pride, uh, for a lot of people. So can you tell me why pride um, is personally important to you? Do you want to go first, Um, uh, Pride is personally important to me because it was the um, start of uh, the gay liberation movement. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there were, there were people, uh, you know, Stormy Delavere, um, Johnson, Sylvia Rivera, and uh, um, Stormy Delavery were uh, drag queens, drag kings, uh, people of color, trans people, um, performers uh, who were involved in, in the uh, gay liberation movement um, that started Pride. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, and it's important to remember them because. A lot of people don't. Uh, a lot of people don't understand um, that the, the movement was started by people who were gender non-conforming and people of colour. And um, when when there is still that oppression going on um, today, um, while Pride events are still ongoing, um, it's 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 all well and good and, and fun to celebrate, but there's still a lot to protest about. Of course, about. absolutely. Um, you know, there's still um, there's still people, trans people to... being killed in the world. Um, there's still racism within yeah. uh, the the community itself. So I think pride is kind of an opportunity mm-hmm. for people to remind themselves why they're doing it. Yeah, there's um, still a lot to fight for. Fight. There's still a lot to fight for, isn't there? Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um, um, even if you think back to like Stonewall and the Black Cat, like that was people fighting for their. For their rights to exist as human beings and they went out mm-hmm. there and they were like we're not we're not going to take it and yeah. and that's that's why pride exists today but i think a lot of people kind of not forget but are maybe a wee bit um ignorant towards like issues that we need to kind of still fight for today like transgender issues non-binary issues um like equality for women, I think is so important, especially women within our own community. Um, would you have anything uh, to add to that? Well, look, let, uh, this is my personal opinion, obviously. Pride um, is not a protest anymore. Of course. Um, it's certainly a celebration of diversity and a representation of our community. Um, but I don't think it can be called a protest whenever we all agree to have nice, pleasant placards for don't mm-hmm. defend the police. Tell me, um, tell me this, right? Uh, just yeah. to play a devil's advocate, do you think um, 
maybe the next Pride that we have, there could be a way of getting a real Pride protest. Maybe not no. associated, no? Well, I used to help um, uh, organise Pride. Yes. Uh, and I'm very proud of that. And, of course. And um, the team themselves did an amazing job, even now, you know, and I'm not disparaging that. I'll still be a part of it. It's a wonderful time for community and for people who maybe don't have a presence in the gay scene or don't want one mm-hmm. uh, to at least understand that there are others like them, especially young kids who maybe don't understand yet what their identity is and they see that. I think those kind of things visibility, it's, it's really great for, but um, I don't think Pride will ever change in terms of being a protest because mm-hmm. it is government funded, it has sponsors, it has to adhere to the Belfast Council. Um, and you know there are a so there you would not believe the amount of tape and forms that the pride committee have to go and hopes they have to jump through just to get the pride for it to go ahead so yeah. i actually think it's an impossible task for pride as it stands now to ever revert back to any form of protest as yeah. it stands um, and you know that's fine we just need to do something different um and it's you know, we still have to fight for sex workers, yes, women, uh, trans community. It's wonderful we've got trans pride now. Um, but I think we really need to be turning to the voices in our community to use their voices a bit, um, to be used strongly. So, like, even when we hear people in our community misgendering someone mm-hmm. or missing a pronoun or you know just shrugging them off or eye-rolling that people are being too pernickety or whatever yeah um and they run nights or they are part of a night is that people do that and people feel that yeah uh, i think even if we can get our community um reps to ensure that they're giving that kind of space and awareness of course that's where we you know i i did a speech at a um, marriage equality protest at City Hall once and mm-hmm. um, I ended up talking about the fact that we can scream at all the Christians and the pro-lifers and the, the um, homophobes all we want but if mm-hmm. we're fighting within ourselves we're never going to be able to break through we need to start within our community yeah. and push it that is hard, um, that's so true um, that starts with gender equality for all genders and women that's beautiful. Uh, and creating those spaces for um not just drag queens but kings and drag performance so without a gender and getting our terminology right as well because we need to be careful but i think that's coming through like i mean we're seeing a, a much bigger variety like burlesque as well queer burlesque is coming yes. through as well which is wonderful and um, so i think we are seeing those changes on the stages even in the mainstream dating which i think is is so exciting and wonderful mm-hmm. um um but I think like we need to actually look at the little small pockets in our community and really reinforce them before we sort of push out and criticise. Uh, well, obviously keep criticising dickheads, like but yeah, it's um, like we just need to look at ourselves as well. I think that's that's such a true statement, and I honestly thank you so much for for providing that insight. I think that's so so important. Thank you, honestly, like that really hits home. I think that's just completely like it just uh it's a nail on the head there like as you said um there's a lot that needs to be sorted out within our own community uh if we're gonna be 
if we're going to be respected, we need to, we need to, you know, come together as a community and we need to respect each other and appreciate each other and fight for each other and stand up for each other. And I think a lot of people are just safe in, you know, just being okay with who they are and they're not thinking about our wider community, our trans brothers and sisters, our non-binary brothers and sisters, um, and everyone that fits in between. Um, I think there's a lot of... Like, that's my biggest, that's my next biggest problem is that we are white as shit. Um, like, we are so white at hearts. Yes. Um, that grits on me with Critopia as well. That, mm-hmm. like, me and Alexa have tried to parlay how we can ensure that we're being welcoming and we are working on that with um, uh, community groups, like a proper, like, established community group and fight mm-hmm. sort of evolving and changing that. But, like, that's another thing, like we always talk about trans rights and gender rights and stuff, and we should, but we can't forget about, uh, like, if we think that people have levels of oppression, someone who is trans and a person of colour, Yes. fuck. <laughs> I know, I know, I think I was talking, I was talking to someone recently about, um, actually I think it was yourself, Electra, and uh, we, were, we were talking about, um, you know, ex- actually experiencing that level of oppression maybe if someone is a person of color and they are transgender like that's something that we as caucasian people regardless mm-hmm. of if we're queer we will never understand um we yeah can... we were talking we were talking about uh lived experiences of uh of certain oppressions um and and you know there's there's people out there who will talk on certain subjects but they have no idea about the actual lived experience of the people that they're discussing. Um, and rather than bring those people to the table, they would just rather talk about them yes. and include them. Um, uh, so, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's very white. It's very white. Um, and, 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 there's, and there, there is a race issue um, around the the, the world yeah. um, but especially within within the drag scene you see it um with uh even the bare basics of rupaul's drag race fans and how many queens um are you know how many followers uh queens of color get in comparison to how many followers yeah. um the caucasian uh, queens will get um you know uh a particular contestant who has been disqualified from this season she got verified on twitter over uh jada essence hall who is drag excellent of course oh uh, so that kind of thing is and that's uh, i mean i went out i will not mention that person by name obviously uh but there's a certain person on the current season of drag race that has been disqualified for uh being they basically were exposed as a sexual predator for anyone who doesn't know about that um horrible heinous um honestly in my opinion crimes violation of you know like human decency and 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 respect it was horrible but i've seen fan pages dedicated to them Mm. and that just really blows my mind how people can can ignore that you know this person that thing where people like i see that on twitter as well and sometimes i like I'll say if you have mental health problems, social media is the devil. But like, it's like, you've got to separate the artist from the act. Like, okay, I mean, you probably do that in some circumstances, but, um, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, give her fame. I know, it's, it's a mad, mad, mad world, uh, and it really is. Um, 
but thank God we have people like yourselves out there really making a difference, and he's already making a difference, uh, both of you. Um, but I, I think I think that comes down to again to to hark back to kind of a responsibility thing. Um, if you're going to label something as as queer, it it does need to be all encompassing. You need to look completely down the ladder in terms of who has rights. Um, uh, not certainly in terms of who's below me in society, mm-hmm. um, but who who are the who are the people who need help the most? Of course, um, and have a responsibility to represent those people. Mm-hmm. And in any way, in any way you possibly can. And obviously, there's a lot yeah. of people that really do need. I mean, if you think about this country, it's really torn apart based on, you know, obviously the massive religious divide that has been, like, adamant for years um and that's been the most important thing but if you think of all the subsections if you think of all the women if you think of all um the queer people that were basically invisible for years women had to be shoved to the side so men could go out and 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 fight it for their you know religious backgrounds and it's just uh it blows my mind kind of how it's only now like in 2020 that we're we're actually like you know, calling bullshit on a lot of things. Um, on that, um, speaking of calling bullshit, uh, both of you are very outspoken queer activists, um, as many people know. Um, however, more than often in this country specifically, queer activism can be silenced by adversity. Um, have you faced any struggles in your path as queer activists um, that are specific to Northern Ireland and, and what what would these struggles have been? Well, I have one very small one, and I'm going to put you under the professor of struggles. <laughs> here's Buckle the thing. Up. So, um, I am the person that balances being a fun entertainer with being someone that makes people I look. I know that people think I can be like preachy or you know pc or snowflake whatever the fuck that's perfect you know what Um, keep keep that up yeah well here's the thing see this this thing of like branding everything so queer starts suddenly became sexy yeah you know something you know if you want to be sexy and edgy you call it oh it's queer and it's like no so i i my thing is at the minute is my struggle is that um Queer is a verb, not an adjective, and if people start to think of it that way, then it becomes activism, rather than sexy branding. Yes. That's my thing at the minute in Northern Ireland. That's brilliant. I think that's like again, like you're just coming out with you're coming out with perfect statements here, like nail on the head. Like it is, it is more than an adjective. It's not something that is a brand. It's something that's an ongoing, continuous struggle for equality for acceptance but also to embrace people that feel like they don't belong anywhere um but that in itself is another conversation uh sorry will we go to to yourself electra and and your experience with adversary in terms of adversity apologies in terms of um uh queer activism uh yeah so <laughs> where, where do we start um 
Yeah, I mean, for 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 me personally, um, activism has to has to be uh, active. Um, so you so you do have to you have to do something. Yeah. Um. Uh. You have to, and and that can be through through facilitating queer art or or doing queer art. Mm-hmm. Um, not all art is queer, and not everything queer is art. Um, but my own personal shifts has been through me me doing stuff that is probably not considered um uh normal behavior mm-hmm. um and uh and then the subsequent reactions to that can uh, either be really good or really bad yeah um uh for example um a, a, a tr coded in hiv positive blood of course i was thinking um of that yeah will cause someone like um jim wells to call me disgusting um but um someone who sees that um and is positive themselves yeah they can see the beauty of of the statement yeah i mean um what is more beautiful than 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 a lovely crown or tiara um that, that that is you know filled with jewels and and you know that 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 act itself teaches people about the transmission of the disease. Of it, it teaches people about the stigma around it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I know that to this day uh, that people that some people are still disgusted by what went on, but th- that's not a problem with what I did. I, mm-hmm. I do believe that's a problem with their own thinking around um, hygiene and blood and and and, and stuff like that. Yes. Um, but I'll. You know, um, I'll fight to the death on that one. <laughs> it's very, um, it's very queer what you did uh, with that. Um, I thought it was quite expressive and very. It's very important that you made that statement because I think again, let's talk about other communities being unrepresented, the HIV positive community, um, as a whole. Like that was that was a great statement for that. Well, community. this was this was in twenty sixteen, so this is just kind of before the kind the peak of um prep um so uh there was still a hell of a lot of misinformation um about transmission and you know um uh viral loads and taking uh your medication and you becoming um undetectable equals untransmissible those kind of um ideas and that thought process wasn't it wasn't around four years ago Mm -hmm. um that that campaign kind of only really started in the past three years i'm gonna say Um, by the way i'm not taking credit for any of that don't get me wrong but what (laughs) what i'm saying is that it was it was the the there was a hell of a lot more research then being done into preventative um uh, medication uh like prep um and now people who either are HIV positive or take PrEP are more likely to look after their sexual health because they have to, because they are getting regularly tested. Mm -hmm. Um, So ironically, the people who are the diseased fags um, are the healthiest. Of course. And the most most aware, I feel like, as well. Um, And speaking of, like, awareness and speaking of, like, um, yeah, taking care of yourself... Um, a lot of people would believe that the epitome of being queer is enjoying queer nightlife and enjoying queer expression. And a lot of that is kind of in the party culture of being queer. Um, uh, however, I mean, I think we're all aware 
that there are other outlets uh, for these um for there's other outlets for queer people to uh, explore themselves in and, and to feel a sense of community and a sense mm-hmm. of familiarity and um could you maybe tell us about some outlets that uh, maybe some people aren't familiar with i can i can tell you the story of of how the three for three was created perfect but, dick do you have something you'd like to add Um, well, it was, oh God, it was the same night of the alternative queer Ulster where basically, um, we were doing drag story time in the Hollywood Arches library. Mm -hmm. And because of alternative queer Ulster kind of happening on the same evening, there was a lot of, um, publicity and hubbub around the stuff that we were doing at the time. Um, so there was a complaints made to the Hollywood Watches Library. Um, Nelson McCausland uh, posted up pictures of us on his blog mm-hmm. in the library uh, reading to kids. Um, very creepy. So the 343 um, is obviously um, very topical at the minute as an outlet uh, for a lot of different uh, people in the queer community. Can you tell us a wee bit more about the 343? Um, yeah, uh, so I've actually obviously explained how um, it came into fruition. We were doing the drag story time and we decided, fuck that, we're going to do our own space. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donald Richardson um, is the sort of founder of it, really, along with Sophie Williams. Yes, yeah, Sophie, um, yes. Legends. Yeah, you are. They took over the old bank buildings and asked, would we be uh, a part of it and help set it up? So. Um, we went on to the board then, and uh, three four three name comes from a document that Simone de Beauvoir got signed in France, which was a manifesto as a protest and of civil dis- disobedience, um, that abortion was not legal in France at the time, and she got three hundred and forty three um women who were feminist activists, uh, sex workers, um, uh, to sign to say that they had had an illegal abortion and they were. Uh, that fucked fuck the government. Wow. Um, and that's where the three four three, the three four three is the manifesto. That's incredible. That. That's that's that's. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. That's a, that's very hard hitting. Uh, not only a story but a great inspiration for the name of a queer space. Um, and what um what types of um workshops and uh activities would happen in the three four three? Like, what um can you tell us a wee bit more about? what goes on in the 343 and how uh, you are involved. Sure. Um, well, like it's a, it's a queer feminist intersectional space because we realize that there are two um, communities that are still very much fighting for more equality and uh, that there is power in numbers by joining together. Um, so it is a beautiful mixed pot of queer and feminist work, mm-hmm. which are not exclusive. Um, and there are performances, there are festivals, there are uh, a lot of music, a lot of uh, band performing, there are book clubs, there uh, are um, residents, so we're one of the residents in the place. Yeah. Um, and uh, people create art there, um, there's self-care, um, it's branched out to uh, Conswater where there is a gallery and space where 
people can go for their mental health and do crafts and yes. not be alone. And Is this pray. the take up space? Take up space, yeah. Yes, of course. Um, so yeah. Massive shout out. Uh, yeah, just massive shout out to Queer Spoke um, okay. and to Ellen and 80% as well, um, as well as Queertopia that run Queer Nights through the 343. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it developed um, exponentially over the past couple of years. Um, uh, yeah, um, for me, the 343 is a place, is, is, is exciting because, um, and not to bring it down to Green and Orange, but as someone who comes from West Belfast, it wasn't, um, I'm, I'm not in East. Yeah. Uh, it's not somewhere that I would usually go. Uh-huh. Um, uh, okay, and... you get the glider. For sure, get the glider. You can get on. the glider, yeah. and that can charge your phone and your friends. Gorgeous. You can get the glider but, on. Sounds like a good. Uh, sounds like a good shout, actually. Um, but continue, sorry. Cross community drag, children. Mm-hmm. Can't beat it. Can't of course. Beat it. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. That's a good stuff, right there. Um. What? But, uh, but yeah, that's what it is. So we have the newly updated pride flag. Yes. We have that fly like flies of Freedom Witchery. Mm-hmm. No one has ever tried to touch it. No one mm-hmm. has ever done anything to that building. Fantastic. We've never touched with it had any hate. We have worked within uh, the community itself with people. There's the food bank running from Freedom Work, which is Dawn. Dawn is an incredible person. Mm-hmm. And they have like E.G. Dunn, who uh, helps run the space. Yes. They're all making it for free um, for the community. Um, and this thing of um, orange hits all queers and gays. I think it's just not true in this space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's dispelling that fear. And I really hope that helps people in this community see that she's scared to come out. Brilliant. You know that it can be progressive and people can what DUP do not represent all of their community. Thank you. Um, and I think that's why it's, it's really actually important. And there's so much heart in that space. When Alexa yeah. does performances, um, with like using visuals and deciding hits to whenever I can't get the music to play and we're looking at the pure dicks and everyone's just laughing the, uh, the heart in it where people just walk about and chat and make new friends is just what it's all about really fantastic um, and I couldn't think of a better place for our home to be that's which is why amazing. we're amazing for it exactly and that's what is that honestly that's what a lot of people need I think so a massive shout out to uh, the 343, uh, to Take Up Space, to Queertopia, to uh, well, a couple of other names there. Uh, Chris Chris uh, uh, yep. Uh, and the Frameworks as well? Frameworks Gallery who are currently um, uh, running the soup kitchen um, as well. Uh, and the 343 are, are, are looking donations uh, at the minute uh, in order to keep the venue running. Obviously because of everything that's happening at the minute. Um, there's struggle to pay certain bills and fees. Um, artists can't use the space. Yes. Um, it's really difficult. Uh, we know that we were working very hard to do some really, really, really exciting things of course. Um, over the next stuff that should have been done already mm-hmm. um, that would have helped um, a group of uh, young queers out in West Belfast. Um, uh, there was a, a, a 
TV channel uh, recording us as well for a bit briefly before the the um, the virus hit. Virus hits, yeah. There's I, stuff in the future. There's a lot of that that yeah. uh, that we'll be able to to roll out. There's um, a lot of work in. that you have been spending a lot of time on, a lot of energy on, mm. and mm. you know it's important work very important for our community very important for Belfast as well in itself oh 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 we didn't we didn't get to say like legendary memorable nights because there's I think two two for me yes okay first one has to be the queer fork wall because I really just I, that was just really lovely where we had it in Cabaret Supper Club yes and um yeah it was just and this was through this was yeah, it was in conjunction with with Cara friend, um, and uh, it was it was just really fucking lovely. Fantastic. Um, especially because obviously um, we got to perform with uh, Soup Du Jour and Edie and Ellen, mm-hmm. um, and um, and Danny running about uh, as as usual. Um, uh, but yes, uh, the queer formal, and um, it has to be that that last. Um, Queertopia Ponyhawk in oh, the Menagerie. Yes. Oh yes, at Pride. Yes, the oh, cross, the crossover event. Bloody, it was beautiful. Of course, everyone kind of just got wetter and more naked yes. as the night went on. That sounds um, very, very interesting. <laughs> I'm sure you'd have needed to be there to understand. But uh, no, um, yeah, it was it, it, it was one of those one of those environments where brilliant. Um, it didn't matter what body you had, whether it thin, fat, tall, short, trans, male, female, in between, um, everything was just... On display. That sounds, in, that sounds incredible. In, in utter ecstasy. Wow. And, uh, until the wee hours of the morning, it was beautiful. The wee hours. Um, and massive, lovely. massive fucking shout out uh, to, to Marion uh, and Dylan at, uh, at Pony Hawk. Marion and Dylan, uh, who will be appearing on another episode of this podcast yeah. soon. So um, shout out to them and shout out to Pony Hawk. Yes, of course. Um, so guys, um, lastly, before we finish, um, I'd like to ask this. Um, how can people that are non-queer themselves um but are allies to the community get more involved in supporting like um such things as the 343 and like the community itself um how do you think people who are allies can really show their support for us um so if it's the 343 absolutely if you're a feminist or queer identifying person then come use the space give money when you can, show up and support artists. Of course. If you're straight and you want to support queers, then if you can afford it, give them your money and then stay the fuck out of our spaces. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's important as well. Sorry, um, I kind of don't want to glaze over that. The fact that 343 is also a feminist organisation. Um, yes. It's obviously very, very, very important, especially in the roots of the name. Um, yeah. So uh, anyone who would identify as a feminist is obviously very welcome there also. Um, so I think that's very, like, that's very good. What about yourself, Electra? Would, what would you say about um, allies being able to support our community and, and be uh, connected to the community and involved? I would say listen. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
accept um, when you are um, when you're not needed. Yeah. Like, I think if you do want to come into the spaces, step the fuck back, sit at the back and observe and listen with respect. Yeah. Your yeah. opinion isn't necessarily needed because you feel like it needs to be heard. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I, we, 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 we perform to, to show um, elements of our, our, our life or things that we're struggling with or things that we're happy with. Um, and sometimes we, we, we don't need someone to validate that. Yeah. We don't need that. Mm. And I think, and this is this is not necessarily a bad thing, but I think there is a heteronormative guilt sometimes in queer spaces where someone who hasn't experienced oppression before gets a hell of a lot of guilt because of that and then feels the need to overcompensate and say how wonderful you are yes and as 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 kind as they obviously want to be um it's it's not needed have another drink enjoy your night i know i'm fabulous do you know what I mean? <laughs> i'm sure you both know how fabulous these are um and... Well, that's not me saying it on one compliment, mm-hmm. but you know. What I mean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think um, you know it is. It's important to have your allies, and it's important to support um, as queer people as well um, to support uh, women and to support other minority groups who are going through a similar struggle. Um, not necessarily well, I... the same struggle, but a similar struggle, and um. Yeah, I think that uh, all allies are welcome as long as they respect that, you know, the spaces maybe was not originally intended for them to just get entertainment from, or it's not a freak show either. And I think a lot of people... Well, that's why I think it's just easier for people to stay out of the spaces. Or, like I said, if you're going to come in, be aware that you are in a queer space. Yes. And step back. And listen, and as you said, listen... And I think it's listening is important because you need to learn a bit mm-hmm. about what these certain people and these certain places are about and why they exist. And mm-hmm. to be able to fully appreciate them nearly, I think you need... I think, I think if people listened more, they would say, sorry less. Of course. You know, yeah. There's that frustrating thing where people slip up and make mistakes and then they're apologizing and getting themselves deeper in a hole and you see it in their eyes and they never meant to offend you in the first place. It's just like, oh, dear God, see if you had to just shut the fuck up. <laughs> you, you, would, you would have, everything would be chill. Yeah, I think it's important to like stop. Sit down, Karen. <laughs> to, to just, I think it's important to just stop yourself occasionally. I think everyone should do this. Just stop. For a second before you go into something think and then continue on either to do something different or to process what you're doing in a better way um so on no, that... i'll never do that no <laughs> <laughs> I'm I not mean... that's not who i am <laughs> <laughs> i don't yeah i i actually you know what i commend you for that um definitely don't change what you're doing <laughs> Definitely I'm a fucking car crash, but you know everyone likes to look at them. So definitely, do not change what you're doing or who you are. Like, um, you know, regardless <laughs> of what I just said. The bottom line for allies, and this may sound controversial, it, the bottom line is it's it's not about them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if it becomes about them, then they're not an ally. Yeah. Yeah. And you see that occasionally, but I mean, I more than often see 
genuine allies and I think it's it's beautiful for, for people to support. And let's be honest, majority of allies are women. Uh-huh. Because I think Yeah, yeah, there was there was that recent kind of uproar about about that tweet about, you know, the, has the demographic changed for RuPaul's drag race and it was the picture of um the super fans uh who were selected to be made over yes. um as part of the challenge. Um and they were all women or women identifying and it was just like well, one women, of them identified. Women can't watch a reality TV show. Women aren't queer. Women are not lesbians. It, it was just a messy take. Mm-hmm. But it was just it was interesting how, how the internet reacted to it. Yeah, it was nice to see. Um, what would you say on that, Gemma? Um. And, and there's deep rooted misogyny within the, the queer community. They just said, What is your take on that, Gemma? And she answered. No, welcome to the reality of life. Yeah, yeah and uh, welcome to your tape. Um. Yeah, well, that's. That's typical. So on that note, uh, guys, I think... Um... No, no. What is your team? Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want me to have... No, let me take Yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, sorry, like, really, really quickly is... That, what just happened there happens, but it doesn't normally happen with Electra, is what I'll say. Mm-hmm. She is very aware of it. Well, you know, you did, because <laughs> Ellie Channing, full fabulous drag queen knows, and she's talking, she always kind of takes a little side eye to me and then goes, oh, I'm going to fuck up now, and then lets me have a space. <laughs> and she's always very accepting if I go, no, I need to talk about it, and she gives me that space, and that's what we need more of, and it's mm-hmm. nice to see that if that is happening, you know, um, we're seeing more different genders like I said on the on the main stage in like Union Street, House of Falls, got House of Perth, got Maverick, you know, and it's all starting to become a discombobulation which I think is is beautiful. So we're still a way to go, but I'm happy that things are moving hopefully in the right direction is my team. Lovely. Thank you so much for that. And fuck RuPaul. <laughs> fuck RuPaul. Exactly. Um <laughs> Oh the fracking. Uh, oh yeah, and all the fracking and all the <laughs> transphobia and all the rest, you know. Um, the transphobia. Trans, transphobia. See, is he yeah, against? He, he, posted, <laughs> he posted up a flag of of um, a train company instead of the trans. Oh flag. my god! Really? <laughs> the, flags matter. Yeah. That, the trans level flags of, matter. Yeah. The level yes. of brain dead. I just. It's impossible to understand. The, the, the tea is, you know, RuPaul has done a hell of a lot for the community, for drag, mm-hmm. making it mainstream, making sure that uh, queens can turn around and ask for money for their art. That in itself is a good thing. Yes. Uh, there are major, major problems, and they are thankfully coming to the fruition as the show reaches mm-hmm. its, you know, conclusion of its of its 12th series. Yeah. Um, it's nice that 
that these conversations are being had, hopefully, mm-hmm. um, after Celebrity Drag Race and the inclusion yeah. of women um, in this challenge, we will see more yeah. female representation, we will see more trans representation. Um, and I'll say this as well, thank fuck for... Brothers. Yes, I was, yeah. thank you, I was about to say that, I was about to say thank fuck for Dragula, um, yeah. of course, uh, we love Dragulas, we stand Dragula in this podcast, uh, so... Um, more drag kings, more non-binary que- uh, queen kings, anywhere, any type Lems. of drag thing. Drag things, you know, like it's all drag them, drag them. Uh, it's all going, it's all going up. Um, because drag is drag is ultimately just whatever you want it to be. It doesn't matter who you are, what uh, gender you identify as, if you even identify with a gender. Um, drag is about queer art. And that's what it'll always be, and that's what it's always been. Uh, so on that note, guys, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, I hope you've had fun. Um, I'm so, so sorry, we just, we just melted you for nine hours. No, don't just worry. And here, and here with me going, is, is there no game? I thought there was a game. <laughs> No, oh my god, here, no, here, if anyone's listening and they're familiar with the last episode, I am very sorry about that game. That was a bloody disaster, if uh, I have to admit so myself. Uh, but um, I digress. <laughs> so you can support these two on their social media pages. Um, where can we find you two? Uh, so you can find me on Facebook, but genuinely, please, I don't even care about that. Please go if you have money and go and support 343 venue, Black Box venue. And the sex workers and fundraiser and queer people uh, fundraisers that are happening. If you check out the three four three page, go follow the links. Brilliant. And I'm on Facebook. And yourself, Electra, would you have anything to add? Yes, you'll find me if you want to find me. Um, it, 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 it's 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 uh, at these times. Um, yeah, make sure that you're following the right people. Um, uh, follow more more uh, black wings and trans wings. They're really fucking interesting. Brilliant. Thank you guys so much. Um, and I have in my notes here as well. You can also yeah, you can go and support the Queertopia page. Um, you yes. guys are on Facebook and Instagram. Yes. Yes. And uh, the three four three, which is on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and um, if we've mentioned any other venues or organisations, um, of course go and look them up. Uh, investigate if you'd like to. Uh, so thank you again for joining us today. Um, so good goodbye from our guests, Electra and Dick. Bye. <laughs> and goodbye from me. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. You.